0: This is fantasy football today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end
1: zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular
0: play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
1: What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, He's done it again.
0: Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
2: Chuba Hubbard, Tim Patrick. Is there a Patriots running back we want? Perhaps is there a Patriots wide receiver? we want. Gosh, we're really going for the Patriots on the waiver wire this week. Welcome, everybody. Week four is upon us, and we've got to make some waiver claims. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and
3: Dave Richard welcoming you to Fantasy Football Today. Jamie, how's the waiver wire looking in week four? Uh, There is a headliner and a bunch of backup singers, so we'll see how things go for uh, Chuba Hubbard and how much fab is spent on him. That's going to be the fun part of this conversation. Everybody's adding him clearly across the board, but what are you going to spend? That's the fun part of this scenario, I'd love to get a number of
2: a percentage of Fab leagues. We could probably get that. Do you think we can get that? Not I right now, so. but yeah, yeah, I'd like to know how many people. I think it's getting much more popular. I, I'm, I feel confident saying that. It's like a two QB league. You should be doing Fab, but at least in some
0: of your leagues, um, Dave. What do you was just make more fun? Yeah. And by the way, if, if you draft, if you do a snake draft to build your team, and then you do Fab in season. You're missing out on the fun of fab when building your team. You should be doing a salary cap draft.
2: I wouldn't want... Okay, if you had 10 leagues, how many would you want to be salary cap
0: drafts? 10. No They're way. More, fun.
2: You would miss way out, more fun. You would miss the snake drafts. You would miss that. I would miss the snake draft. <laughs> <You would. laughs> okay.
0: Yes, I miss picking 12th and waiting forever to make two picks and never getting great value. No, it, I miss not having a chance to get the player I really want in every single draft.
2: You would miss the opportunity to have Christian McCaffrey and AJ Brown on your team if you had the first <laughs> overall pick. Guillotine <laughs> leagues are going to be fun this week, huh? All right, anyway, let, uh, let's get into our top priorities here. Uh, Jamie, start with Chuba Hubbard. He's the lead singer, as you mentioned. He had uh, 11 carries for 52 yards, and 46 of those yards came in the fourth quarter. He had five carries for six yards in the first three quarters. In that game at Houston, he'll face Dallas this week, who shut down Miles Sanders, even though Miles Sanders averaged 13.5 yards per carry. We'll, we'll get into that. But cool. anyway, he shut
0: down Miles Sanders. No, they did it. I'm just kidding. No, Nick Sirianni shut down Miles Sanders. Terrible uh, play calling.
2: How aggressive are we being on Chuba Hubbard, considering McCaffrey is not going on IR? Uh, what do you think?
3: So uh, Jason Confora, uh wrote this weekend, our CBS Sports NFL Insider, that he has less than a grade one hamstring strain. And that according to the people he spoke to, it's uh, a couple of weeks. So the fact that the that Matt Rule said not going on IR, which would be three weeks. So go with the two-week window. Let's just say that that's the case. And so uh, you mentioned Dallas. I think they have um, Philly, tough- Philadelphia after that. Philadelphia after that, uh, which probably is not going to be the same run defense that it was earlier in the season after what we saw last night. Um, So the way that I would, the way that I wrote it was we already have a cautionary tale about going all in on a running back with our fab money, right? Because our fab budget, because people spent a ton on Elijah Mitchell and that has clearly backfired so far. It may still work out for you because we don't know how it's going to work long-term, but so far through two games, it's been a waste. Um, if you're 0-3 or 1-2 and 2 and you have a running back situation that's bad, you're probably spending north of 50% is the way that I would approach it because what else do you have to lose at this point? you got to get a win, and if he helps you get a win for the next two weeks, that's what you're trying to do. But if you don't have that problem, I would probably put in a bid around 30% because if somebody doesn't put in anything higher, then you're getting somebody for maybe two weeks. That could be great. But it's also we have to factor in as much as it seems like it's going to be Chuba Hubbard, there could be this scenario of Royce Freeman you know, being the guy that they trust in certain situations. And that leads to a second-half scenario, a second-game scenario of Freeman being better. The other side of that is we saw last year that, uh, oh, yeah, he'll be back in two weeks. He'll be back in three weeks with McCaffrey. He'll be back in four weeks with McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. And then 13 games later, you don't have Christian McCaffrey with two injuries. Um, And Chuba Hubbard could be Mike Davis, who in the 12 games that he appeared for McCaffrey because he didn't play in Week 17 – he had 15 or more PPR points in six of those games. So for half of his games, he was clearly really good. Mm-hmm. So that's the way you have to sort of, you know, you know, game plan it. Is, is he worth all of your fab? I would say no. Is he worth at least half at this point? I would say yes if you need a running back. And the other point, though, about Dallas, despite the fact that they have statistically done well against running backs from a rushing standpoint, they're third in receptions allowed to the position and running back groups against them have had at least seven receptions every game.
2: Yeah, they score a lot of points though, so they could take you out of your game plan a little bit. But but he was involved. he had three catches, and we know Darnold's been throwing to McCaffrey a ton, so you'd think that you're going to get some catches out of. Well, and,
3: and the offense threw to Davis last year too, so that's what yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Dave, I don't know if you want to follow up on that. I, let's
2: forget the Fab. Let's let's transition from Fab to just. I have the first waiver wire priority. Done. He- Not even close. But Absolutely. is he worth using it if you yes. if it rolls over? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Dave, how good do you think Chuba Hubbard's going to be if he plays two games against Dallas and Philadelphia?
0: He can be pretty good. I think that he's in a good offense. I don't think the offensive line is that great, but the way that they utilize their backs in the scheme certainly suggests that he'll get a decent amount of touches. Uh, I'm a little worried, maybe a tad worried, that they, they saw that drop in the end zone and they go, okay, how much can we trust him? And that Royce Freeman ends up doing a little bit more work than we think, but Hubbard does have... I'm not going to say that he's a consistent game breaker when he runs the football. I mean, if he were, then he would have been drafted a lot sooner. But I think he's capable, and I would imagine that he'll see the majority of the touches in this Carolina backfield, and that's a good place to be. And I really think – I think Jamie nailed it. If you're 0-3, you, you, you don't you you have a lot to lose at this point. You need to start winning games. Even if you don't need Hubbard, you should acquire him and then trade him if you can get something good for him, and you should be able to get something good for him. So I, I think that he's one of those guys that you do have to make a big splash for and fab if your record sucks. If your record's okay, you shouldn't spend as much and just kind of you know, price guard it, I guess. Um, and the, uh, top waiver claim for sure.
3: Like okay. Just to give you another perspective, I asked Keith yesterday on, on HQ what he would spend. He said 20%. I said, you're not getting it. You know, I, I don't think that's going to get it done. I think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 50. There are going to be people that go north of 50 that need a running back and, again, that are in uh, just, you know, dire straits because their season's, you know, flailing at this point. Um, I think if you just approach it like you have a good flex play because at worst he's a flex because you know he's going to get the work. The only thing that I think, again, to go back to Royce Freeman is Mike Davis had been in the league for a long time, you know, and Hubbard's still learning his way. And I think as we're seeing with this rookie class, um, how much maybe the shortened collegiate season played a role last year for some of these guys that it's taken even longer for them to get going? Um, we'll see how much they want to throw on Hubbard's plate. They had to last week. Um, clearly, there's more of an opportunity because they had the Thursday game. So there's there's a lot to like about his situation, but I just don't want people to run into the Mitchell situation again, where oh my gosh, here's the guy for however long there's the guy, and he's not the guy. Yeah. And they did they did work out Duke Johnson also.
2: Yeah. Okay. And maybe, you know, maybe a late waiver claim on Royce Freeman, too. You, you yes. never know. Uh, Hubbard is interesting because he was a Heisman candidate going into his junior year, and he had a pretty bad year, uh, but he had a tooth that he, he rushed for 2,094 yards in 13 games in 2019, and he had nearly 2,300 scrimmage yards, uh, and he had 22 and 23 catches his first two years at Oklahoma State. A lot of buzz going into his junior year, and he just kind of flopped, and he fell in the draft. All right. So if Chuba Hubbard is priority number one, give me two or three more priorities, Dave.
0: I uh, I, I think that if you need a receiver, uh, Colby's is probably too highly owned to find him off the waiver wire. So let's go with Tim Patrick, although he's highly rostered, too. Uh, I like that Patrick has a touchdown and or 90 plus yards in each of his three games. I just wish he'd get more targets. Problem is, is Denver haven't hasn't been in a game where uh, they they need to throw a lot. And I think Baltimore could be one of those games this week. So that would be good with Patrick. There's a lot of other supplemental wide receivers that I would line up behind Patrick. Guys who you'll probably need during the bye weeks. Certainly you'd want to have on your bench. It includes A.J. Green, who's giving you 10 non-PPR points each of his past two. He seems okay. It's a good offensive fit. Jacoby Myers, we've talked about this. He's leading the Patriots far and away in targets and catches and yards. He just doesn't score, so he's better in PPR. Hunter Renfro is another name. He's had at least five catches and 50 yards in each game. And then uh, I would say that that's the next priority. I wouldn't make Peyton Barber a big priority um, other than saying he's a running back with a pulse who, if Josh Jacobs doesn't play this week, would have a semblance of opportunity against the Chargers to at least start for you, get you some points. I don't think he can repeat what he did in week three.
2: By the way, Beasley's only 62% rostered. And I think he has one fewer target than Stefan Diggs this year. He's been very involved. So uh, Cole Beasley and Tim Patrick are both around 60% rostered right now. So is Emmanuel Sanders. So is Jacoby Myers, who had a huge game, 14 targets, nine catches with James White out. And you got to figure they're going to have to throw the ball a lot against the Bucks this week. Jamie, uh, did we miss anything? Any other priorities you want to mention?
3: No, I mean, it's it's not the best running back situation because even though Barber had a strong game and does have uh, 36 carries in the last two games with Jacobs out, it seems as if Jacobs is going to return in week four. So for those of you looking for running backs, it's not, you know, the best situation behind Hubbard. There is, you know, the Patriots guys with James White out, you know, like you mentioned at the top of the show. Um, so it's more of the wide receivers. Uh, Dave covered most of them. You know, I, I think you can – like, I would actually try and pick up Emmanuel Sanders over Cole Beasley just because I think there's a little bit of a higher ceiling for him. Um, Hunter Renfro uh, has had a nice floor for three straight games, and so he should be added, I think, in PPR leagues also. And then if you want to look at the tight ends, there's a lot of interesting options. I don't know if there's a lot of must-start options, but Tyler Conklin has two decent games out of the three, uh, clearly a big one in Week 3. Um, Dalton Schultz is coming off that tremendous game last night. Maybe that helps separate him from, uh, Blake Jarwin. The Giants injuries might open the door for Evan Ingram to maybe be something, even though he fumbled last week, which is frustrating once again. Uh, and then you have the trade, you know, from yesterday that could open the door for those two guys, you know, Dan Arnold in Jacksonville and, and Tommy Tremble in, in uh, Carolina. So, you know, deeper leagues, those guys are all both available. So really all the tight ends are, are, are really available aside from Ingram, but, um, you know you can you can stream the position now especially with guys like johnny smith thinking and um it's terrible uh, you know a couple other like, uh, guys if you <laughs> want to pivot off him,
2: yeah and, and i don't know I, I mean i've had sort of this uh this moment of reflection of how i've approached tight end on the waiver wire for so many years and you pick up these guys who aren't very good at least i'm obviously they're great players they're in the nfl but you know what i mean not not very good and you hope for good matchups and Maybe, maybe we should just try to target tight ends on good offenses and hope they score. And so Dawson Knox, I think, is becoming pretty interesting. His target share is still very low, but that could change. I, I know they want to get the tight end involved. He's had a touchdown in two straight games. Faces Houston this week, right? Buffalo yep. at Houston. So uh, yeah, maybe they won't need to throw that much. That's always an issue. But, mm-hmm. you know, I am I, I don't know. Like Tommy Tremble or or Dawson Knox, I might just gamble on Knox and hope that the Guy on the team that might throw forty-five touchdowns, get, they're going to be inconsistent. I mean, that's the, there's no way you're getting
3: consistency, for, right? Most likely, no, but so. it's a good strategy, you know. And and I'll I'll just go back to what I said when you brought this up last week. Like, you know, don't chase Mac, Max Williams, right? You know, so Knox had a has clearly a better track record. Yeah, so I,
2: I think he's different than Max Williams, but you're right. That I means that is the same concept of good tight end. Or well, tight I, did, end I or just offense, you know
3: because you had said good offenses, and he was coming off a game with you know seven target whatever it was, seven targets, seven catches. I forgot yeah. he had. Um, you know, so just keep keep that in mind. But I think just a, a bigger tight end discussion, which we should have once again, is, you know, if you're not happy, mostly it's Kyle Pitts, because I think the other five guys of the top six have been good. You know, Andrews finally had a good game, so he, he makes people feel better, and Hawkinson, two out of three. Um, Pitts is the one that people are clearly the most frustrated about, is if you're not happy with that, just do this, and just just stream every week and, and hope for the best. You know, you hope that you end up landing on somebody, whether it's Tyler Higbee, you know, with a later pick, you know, was that two or three good games or, you know, Jared cook, you could say good or bad start for him. However you want to, you know, slice it. But, um,
2: yeah, Cook, like that's the thing I'm not getting away from Jared cook to go the streaming route because I, you know, I just, I understand that there are going to be some really bad weeks, but he had a touchdown call back in week two. And it's just what you're hoping for is that he's going to end up as a top 12 tight end because he's in a really good offense and he's going to catch enough touchdowns. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not gonna drop him for Dan Arnold or, or I'm I'm not gonna drop him for Dalton Schultz even after last night's game. Would you? Right, but
3: I guess you what you could do is pick pick up one of those guys and keep Cook. Yeah, and then just see
0: what happens. You could do that. Yeah. I think it's the, I think it's the most fun position on the waiver wire this week. Uh, I, I and I, I I like to classify tight ends a little differently. There's the must start guys and everybody knows who they are, and then there's the guys that have the chance to score and get you yardage on top of it and in PPR League's guys that can get you catches on top of that. And then you've got basically the the streaming position that you're in and and you're hoping that a guy, you get a tight end that catches a touchdown. And Jared Cook is the poster boy for that. I think Dalton Schultz has a chance to be better than that. I think he can be one of those guys. He has six catches in two or three games. He's been playing right around 70% of the snaps. Adam, you mentioned it. You want a tight end on a team that scores a lot of points. The Dallas Cowboys score a lot of points. I'm interested in Dalton Schultz. I know he's going to lose some numbers to Blake Jarwin, but I think he's a little bit more than a touchdown or bust type of tight end. And so if I'm really hurting in that position, I drafted John New Smith, and I, I can't even look at him anymore because he's dropping every pass and throwing the ball in the air for pick sixes. I'm going in that direction. And honestly, if I had one roster spot, and it's between Dalton Schultz or Jared Cook for my lineup this coming week, I know the Chargers are playing the Raiders, but I think Dalton Schultz has like a little bit more upside. Conklin is somebody who I think can get you three or four catches a week. I know he had a huge game in week three. I don't see that being sustainable, but I see him as a guy that can get you minimal production and a touchdown or bust. I agree with you on Knox. Uh, what about Hunter Henry? If we're talking about John U. Smith being a dud, Hunter Henry is going to get in the mix, and he's seen not great production, but at least low production consistently through the first yeah, three weeks of the season. What's Maybe enticing about, about that? Now if John off the field. All right.
2: Maybe the James White injury just opens up more targets for everybody. But again, like the Patriots, Mac Jones is not doing anything special. He's not throwing the ball downfield at all. He's not throwing for touchdowns. It's so great what you,
0: for tight ends.
2: It's
3: great for tight ends, I guess. If you no, if those guys have been so bad, both of them collectively. Unless John is you know, completely. Okay, bent.
0: If, he, if he's going to continue to dink and dunk, and Hunter Henry's the one who's playing more and getting more targets than Johnu Smith.
3: Yeah, but he's and, got what thirty-six yards that.
0: tops on the season. I mean, it's been
3: ugly. They haven't scored ten yard points through either to one of them.
0: If I'm streaming the position and I'm looking for somebody,
3: he's. he's I'd rather the take my chances with Arnold or or, or Tremble at this point than one of the Patriots guys. I mean, those guys are just terrible. Yeah, I mean, maybe the White situation helps them, but I mean, this this will this will be an interesting week. I just think the, the the two guys. This was the fear going in was that they would cannibalize each other in a low volume passing attack. They're going to be throwing in this game because they're going to be chasing points. So that could maybe help both of them, but unless one gets hurt or, or is just completely outright put on the bench. It's just too frustrating for me, so I'm staying away.
0: That's what happened in the second half last week. John, who had too many drops, he got benched.
3: Yeah, and then Belichick said, you know, they're still going to go to him. They paid him too much money to send him out, right?
2: All right? Look, if you if you want to gamble, I guess, on Henry, he'd have to basically just dominate the tight end targets. I mean, it would have to be at the expense of John Smith. They're both involved. It's just going to be tough for one of them. Um, but all right. John well, well, is on your drop list, right,
0: Jamie? Yeah. So, I agree with that 100%. Janu, right.
2: Okay, uh, DST. Is there a DST that maybe should be the second priority after Chuba Hubbard? If you're good in your lineup? You can
3: certainly make a case for the Bengals. Dave had a great call last week on them against the Steelers and they get the Jaguars this week. We've seen that turnover fest for uh, Trevor Lawrence so far. Uh, the Colts look like an absolute nightmare right now and you have um, you know no Quentin Nelson most likely. So, the Dolphins for me would be second and then uh, just Detroit's offense as a whole. I would take the Bears third and the Titans fourth, but you can make a case cool. for the Colts too, taking on the Dolphins also.
0: Titans are fourth for you against the Jets?
3: Their defense just, just stinks. <laughs> I mean, that's just not a good team.
0: <laughs> as, as you might say, I see that defense sinking, and I raise you the Jets' offense. Yeah. They're going to play better
3: at some point, though, so you, you can take a chance on them second if you want.
0: Yeah, they the Bengals might have a
2: just a solid defense. They've had three pretty good games yeah. as a DST. Um the Titans, got to keep an eye on Bud Dupree. He was active, but he didn't play last week. He played zero snaps. He's recovering from the ACL injury. I think he they're saying that, you know, I, he, I think he played week two. This is a big, big free agent acquisition for them. They played week two, but recovering from the knee injury, they basically sat him in week three, so that was weird. But the Jets, the Jaguars have been a great matchup for DSTs. The Jets are giving up six more points per game to DSTs than the Jaguars. Uh, so you've got, you've got some options at DST this week. All right, listen, we got more time tonight to talk to you about who to pick up, who to add and drop. we got a Q and a scheduled for tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Thursdays at 2 p.m. Sunday, 1130 a.m. Eastern, and then 815 p.m. Eastern on Sunday night around then, you know, we try to start a little bit earlier, we do our podcast live, our Sunday night recap. Again, it's all on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football today. We'll see you tonight at 8 o'clock. Quick email of the day from Ian from the home of the Beatles in England. How do I not know? I know where they're from. Liverpool. Is yeah. that where it is? Okay. That's killing That's me. Right, what's with me? Dear Eleanor, Jude, Lucy, and Lady Madonna. Uh, those are. It's really funny you mention that because I
3: picked up my kids from school yesterday, and one of the... Um Safety patrol kids was, was holding the door open for my my two older ones and the oldest ones in fourth grade. And I thought it was a friend of his and said, oh, make make him listen to the Beatles. I was like, okay. And I said, who is that? He goes, I don't know. That's <laughs>
2: so weird.
3: <laughs> well, that kid is just on a mission. A fifth grader telling a fourth grader to listen to the Beatles that he doesn't even know.
2: Pete, I, I got to tell you, like the Beatles are not bad. I.
3: I listened to them the other day. 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 They're
2: they're okay. Um, All right, so here's the question. This is just for the listeners. For all of you out there, submit your answers. Let's get something going here. Let's coin some phrases on Ian's email. Is there a term for winning winning a game with the second lowest score of the week? Conversely, is there a term for losing your game your week with the second highest score of the week? So winning with the second lowest score, losing with the second highest score, we need to come up with some terms for that. Email us, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com.
3: Uh You could tie it into um, what Jalen Hurts said after the game last night if you didn't see this. No, what did he say? Oh, Jalen Hurts said uh, about the offense, you take a deuce, you don't sit there and look at it, you flush it and move on. We're going to flush it and move on.
2: <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, email us. That's pretty interesting. First of all, everybody looks at it. Do you guys want to have a fab discussion? A fab discussion.
0: Okay, part of what we do.
2: Yeah. So we already talked about Hubbard. Jamie said about fifty percent if you really need it, about thirty percent if you don't. At least fifty percent,
3: not about at least.
2: Okay, at least fifty percent. I think that's it's really risky with McCaffrey, but we've already laid out all the scenarios. But yeah, man, if you're zero and three or one and two, what the heck are you waiting for? I guess. Uh, anyone else worth more than 10%? Worth
3: more than 5%? I mean, Patrick, at least you know his role is locked in because Hamler's now out for the season. And Judy, we don't know exactly when he's coming back. And we saw this from Patrick last year. Dave already mentioned it, that we haven't seen a, uh, a big target share for him yet. But that could potentially be coming. And look, he's been more consistent than Cortland Sutton. So, you know, last year, good. This year, so far, good. On the field for the rest of the season. If something happens to Sutton... As well as Judy going down, then he is the number one guy. But I don't think more than fifteen percent. You know, again, we're talking about a guy that's that's near the threshold already. So uh, this is more for you know shallow twelve team leagues and ten team leagues where you're looking at a receiver. Um, so you know, I, I think fifteen percent is probably the max. The tight ends, you know, you could tell me Conklin's the best one this week, next week, it's, or or Knox is the best one this week, or Schultz is the best one this week. There's no one that stands out above the rest. They're all you know uh, fighting for scraps at, at the table. Um, so no, I don't think there's anybody significantly more than 15%, but I would say you can go up to 15 for Patrick, just based on what we've seen from him so far, Dave, there,
0: there there could be some tight ends, just the one that you like the best. I think 7% gets it done for tight ends.
2: Okay. Dave, there are, there could be some players like Kirk cousins, Cordell Patterson is 67% rostered. Um, Michael Pittman's about 82% rostered. So let's say we're,
3: leagues. I mean look, that's what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's say we're in those leagues. Yeah. Are, are they must adds? And Patterson might even be available in some 12 team leagues. Uh, you know, like who who's a, a season long rosterable player? Is Patterson, is Pittman, is Cousins, is Ruggs? What do you think, Dave?
0: You pretty much named them all. I'm we're all worried about Cordell Patterson being phased out eventually, but Last week, he played not quite as many snaps as Mike Davis, but the the margin between them was the closest it's been yet this year. Uh, Matt Ryan has turned into Alex Smith. He's checking down so much. It's really pathetic. It's killing Calvin Ridley, and it's hurting the target volume for Kyle Pitts, and it's absolutely making Cordell Patterson an actual useful fantasy player that you can start at running back or wide receiver. So if if he's out there and you need help at running back and maybe you already blew most of your fab on Elijah Mitchell, you know you're not going to get Chuba Hubbard. And by some miracle, Patterson's there. I, I think you've got to. I think you got to chase him. I think you got to put him on. Put him on a big waiver claim. You got to spend a lot of fab to get him, just so you've got a running back who's got some potential, especially in leagues where catches count from league to league. I think Pittman's going to continue to be uh, a modest floor PPR type of receiver. The game that you got last week. Is probably going to be what you can expect from him, you know, right around 12 PPR points. Don't like him as much in non PPR or half PPR. Ruggs is obviously just a big play guy. You're hoping that he catches a deep ball and um, scores on it, something like that. You know, modern day Deshaun Jackson, not as excited about him. Cousins is excellent. Cousins is one of several quarterbacks that I think might be out there in those shallow leagues, those 10 team leagues, where if you want to pivot away from Jalen Hurts or Anybody else that you're just not happy with at quarterback, you can go right to Cousins and not feel bad about it.
3: I like the Raiders' schedule for the passing game. I love Zach Moss. I think there's a breakout coming by far because he's just starting to figure it out. And you're seeing now seven targets in back-to-back games. He had been five targets or less each of the first two games. What he did last week against Xavier Howard was much better uh, than I think people are going to give him credit for. He's just scratching the surface, I think, of what he could be. Wait, who? So, who? Who? So,
0: are we talking about Rob, I thought I was talking
3: about Zach Moss. Oh, I said you said Zach Moss. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, okay, we are I, talking I, about. I don't the, disagree with you. I think Zach Moss <laughs> is trying to figure it out. <laughs> no, I,
3: I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess rewind. Um, Henry Ruggs is just scratching the surface. I think there's a breakout coming for him. Uh, so I love the setup for him with what he's done for the first last two weeks of the season. Um, Moss also, uh, is also worth um you know, picking up across the board because what you've seen uh, from him, what you saw from him last week, you know, was kind of what I was expecting for him to be the entire season. It was the lead running back for the Bills, the best running back for the Bills, at least. And so I think both those guys should be added across the
0: board. I would nervously take Moss ahead of Cordero uh, if both were available in your shallow league. Yeah, I I would
3: take Moss confidently over Cordero.
2: Okay. So one way or or another, we're taking Moss over Cordero Patterson. And you should really be taking a look at Lightstream. Are your credit card bills keeping you up at night? Are your interest rates in the double digits? Lightstream can certainly help here. Be smart and pay off your credit card balances with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit, and the rate is fixed. It will never go up over the life of the loan. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fees, you can get your money as soon as the day you apply. And Lightstream just wants to help you out if you have good credit. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience. That's exactly what they deliver. You're already getting this really, really great uh, rate, 4.98% APR. That's where they start at. But you use our promo code or our URL, rather, lightstream.com FFT. You're going to save even more. So apply now for our listeners, a special interest rate discount at lightstream.com slash FFT, dot com slash FFT. Check it out, lightstream.com. Okay, listen, this is subject to credit approval. Rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash FFT for more information. News and notes. McCaffrey not on IR. We mentioned that. Jacobs could play this week. James White is probably going to be out for a while. He has a hip subluxation. Sounds very painful. I don't really He's know what it is. Hip.
0: What is it? Dislocated hip. Oh, it's yeah. the same
3: injury that Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. suffered. So, you know, no surgery for Fitzpatrick that as they're big. trying to rehab it. We'll see if the same thing happens for White. He's almost certainly going on IR. Daryl
2: Henderson could play this week as they get Arizona. Any word on Dalvin Cook?
3: None, but you got to hope that he's close because he was close last week.
2: Yeah. The Chiefs signed Josh Gordon. Does anyone care about this?
3: Um, Deep Dynasty League is not a bad flyer deck to see. Okay. But it's been a long time since he's been relevant. Right.
0: I'm cool. happy for
2: him. Yeah, it's yes. good to have him back. Let's hope he can he's stay. He's getting these chances. Philadelphia left guard Isaac Samalo was carted off the field. So back to, back to where we were with the... With the Eagles. Their line is battered again. That's three. I don't know the extent of this one, but Brooks out for the year. Samali, you don't want to see a guy carted off and they were without their starting left, uh, left the tackle, tackle last night? Yeah. Rashad Bateman is eligible to return. We talking about Sounds
0: him? In the practice.
2: Yeah. Anyone interested in, in Baltimore rookie receiver Rashad Bateman?
0: He is someone worth stashing.
2: Okay. Julio Jones was dealing with tightness in week three. That's why he did not play down the stretch. The Bears could start any of their three quarterbacks, Fields, Foles, or Dalton, this week against Detroit. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you, this one bothered me. I didn't really like these comments from Cliff Kingsbury. He thought, apparently there was a punt to Rondell Moore, and the referee threw a flag during the play, and the flag hit the ball as it was on its way down toward Rondell Moore. The ball sort of you know, ricocheted off the flag just a little bit, Moore muffed the punt. They recovered it. Arizona recovered it. Uh, They didn't know at the time that the flag even hit the ball. He said that the referee, if they hadn't recovered the football, the referee should have been ejected. I think that is so unfair. The guy made a mistake, Cliff King. What are you, perfect? Give me a break. Give me a break. All right, anyway, thank you for letting me. get. I didn't like it. Two Pittsburgh offensive linemen left with injuries. I mentioned that yesterday, but just to recap. That's uh, bad to worse, as I mentioned yesterday. Two Colts cornerbacks left with injuries. New Orleans left tackle Teron Armstead is out. He's going to miss some time with an elbow injury. Uh, Jamie mentioned KJ Hamler Hamler towards ACL. Sterling Shepard likely to miss some time. Don't know about Darius Slayton right now. Uh, Giants middle linebacker Blake Martinez towards ACL. I mentioned yesterday Tay Crowder had 11 tackles. Seven of them assisted. Tay Crowder, if you're looking for an IDP replacement, I don't know. He could be okay. San Francisco beat up at cornerback, and the Panthers acquired C.J. Henderson from the Jaguars. They gave up Dan Arnold. There were some draft picks exchanged. All right, let's give a lot of names here, guys. Some priorities at each position. We can dive deeper into them later. Jamie, start us off with quarterbacks to look at on the waiver wire.
3: Sam Darnold will be the first one to look at. uh, You know, probably going to be chasing points this week against Dallas, uh, but he's been 21 or more PPR points in every game this season. So, At least you've seen him be productive and, you know, maybe he uses his legs a little bit more as we saw with the two rushing touchdowns in week three with McCaffrey not there. Maybe a goal line opportunity or two for him. Uh, Taylor Heineke would be the second quarterback for me. You've seen at least 24, uh, excuse me, 23 fantasy points in the two starts that he's made for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Also used his legs last week. Didn't see that too much in week two, but uh, we know he's capable of that and great matchup this week against Atlanta. And then Dave said Matt Ryan has not played well, but he does get Washington this week, and they've allowed the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks so far on the season. So maybe there's a get-right game coming for Washington, excuse me, for Ryan taking on Washington. Um, and at least, you know, he's he had a 20-point game uh, two weeks ago, 19 points last week. So this could be an opportunity for him to maybe get on uh, a little bit better side of the ledger and, and help fantasy managers if you're stuck.
2: Okay. Dave, running backs, we have Chuba Hubbard. And by the way, just to recap, Jamie said Sam Darnold, Taylor Heineke, and Matt Ryan. Uh, are we given? Are, should we just drop Daniel Jones and Teddy Bridgewater, or, or are they holds?
3: I mean, you can. I didn't put them on the drop list. You know, it's hard to overlook. You know, the the three game sample size. Or excuse me, the two game sample size of Daniel Jones versus one. You know, disappointing game because again, he still runs. He did run in that game, uh, but losing the two receivers. You know, I think you take a hold approach if he's, you know, not your starter. You know, if you need to make a move, clearly that's a guy you can you can drop. Um, and then Beasley, same thing. You know, I want to see what happens in, uh, in this game against Baltimore. I don't like the matchup for either guy, uh, Bridgewater. but I, I would, I would hold both of them.
2: Yeah. Bridgewater, right?
3: Did I say Beasley? You said yeah. Beasley. Yeah. I'm What's in with the middle, you? like trying to figure out the way we're starting.
2: Are you so. a Bills fan today? Like what is going on every <laughs> yeah. time? Uh, all right, Dave, running back. Bridgewater, so, excuse me. Other than, uh, other than Hubbard, yeah. other than old mother Hubbard, two name Tuesday. I called old mother Hubbard, by the way,
0: go ahead. Double-check to make sure Zach Moss, Cordero Patterson, Naheem Hines aren't out there in your leagues. They're still available in at least 25% of CBS leagues. If they're there, go ahead and grab them. I would still rather, um, I don't know, about rest of season Moss versus Hubbard. I might take Moss over Hubbard knowing that Moss has a chance to help you rest of the year, whereas Hubbard could end up getting replaced. After those guys, it's just, its it's, it's ugly. I mean... Kyle check, maybe, assuming that Elijah Mitchell doesn't come back. That would be kind of pathetic if he was second on the list. Royce Freeman is out there. 99% of leagues don't love him. I'm waiting for the Patriots to give J.J. Taylor an opportunity. I don't know why they didn't do it in week three. They gave Brandon Bolden all the work in the passing game. I'm not ready to say to go get Brandon Bolden off the waiver wire. Um, special teams guy who just had to be thrust into action. And uh, I don't know, the, the one other running back that's available in a lot of leagues, if you've got the bench space to get him and stash him, is Jeff Wilson. And we've been saying it every week. Eventually, he's going to come back and eventually they'll have a chance to claim a role in this 49ers run game. He's available in 88% of leagues.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and for the Patriots running backs, they are obviously throwing to their running backs a lot. Bolden had three catches after the white injury you just don't know who's going to play that role? Because it would be fairly valuable in fantasy, I think.
3: I would hope it's Harris. I mean, you know, that's the best case scenario is that Have Damian you know, Harris maybe. takes takes on the, the majority of that work. And, and James White had 13 targets in the first two games with 12 catches. Um, J.J. Taylor is the one that would profile the most, unless it's Bolden, just because of Bolden's history with the team. But Taylor, 2019 in Arizona, had 32 catches. You know, Stevenson wasn't a, a pass catcher at Oklahoma. Um, you know, whereas, you know, Taylor at least showed you something collegiately that you can, might, you might be able to say that could translate to the NFL if in fact it does. So, you know, just the fact that he's playing over Stevenson already would maybe give you a, a, give him a slight edge and give you a slight edge. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it's Bolden, you know, he's going to be on the field because he's going to be active because of his role on special teams. So they may just prefer to mix and match those two guys. Uh, Stevenson should probably be elevated now as they, you know, fill the spot. But it just doesn't seem like anybody right now is gonna step out until we see it. You know, so if you want to try and get ahead and you have an open roster spot, I would I would probably go Taylor, Stevenson, Bolden. Um, but you know, it could be Bolden after week four. And wide receivers, Jamie? Uh, the the top three, you know, would be probably the two Bills, Patrick and the two Bills. Um, you know, sticking Surprise. with my love of the Bills. Yeah uh sanders and 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 beasley uh you can you know whichever one you like better i think sanders might have a, a higher ceiling coming you know because of his touchdown potential uh but beasley clearly you know two games with 13 targets on the season's hard to overlook but i think the problem is is that when we look at his roster percentage i think for him 62 percent is probably the max of the ppr leagues you know what i'm saying like he's probably at the at the at, at the point where there's not a lot of PPR leagues available, it's more non-PPR leagues, and we know that's not going to be his best format. Whereas Sanders, I think, could be useful in both because they think he'll score uh, more at least. So you know, you know, gauge it that way if you want. Um, but if you get past those guys, I think AJ Green, as we've seen, you know, his his targets have been there, and you know, the last two weeks finding the end zone certainly last week looked much better. And then you know, I know I, we had Jacoby Myers as a as a drop last week, but you have to factor in two things. One, you know, I'll, I'll go back to what I wrote, what I said. Uh, that was more of a non PPR thing that you should be dropping him, hold him in a PPR league, and and we saw the the benefit of that with the targets and and the receptions, and now the James White injury, you know, so he just yeah. might be the one that gets the 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 best production as a result of White being out.
2: Sammy Watkins, Hunter Renfro, these guys are getting a decent amount of involvement. Is there a decent amount of interest in them? And did you mention Jacoby Myers, by the way?
3: I just did. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. Okay.
3: Wow. Uh, uh, Renfro would be the next guy. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, you, you, look at this receiving core, you know, I, I think I said, I don't remember what show I said it on, but uh, on paper, it, they, they fit every description, you know, Waller, the number one guy, whatever position you want to designate him, Renfro, the possession guy, Ruggs, the deep threat Edwards, the guy they hope can, can do it all, but more of a, you know, traditional number two guy that doesn't necessarily get a lot of targets, but makes plays when he gets his targets. And, um, Renfro's just been steady Eddie. You know, he's a, he's like a poor man's Cole Beasley. Uh, he gets the job done when the ball's thrown to him. You know, touchdowns are going to be hard to come by, I think. But, you know, you need a safe, you know, week of a PPR option. He should he should be rostered close to the percentage, I think, of where Beasley's at.
2: Yeah, he's pretty available. Hunter Renfro is 19% rostered. He has five or more catches in all three games. And um, if you were going to take a shot on a, a first-round rookie just to stash, Kadarius, Tony, or Rashad Bateman?
0: I'll say Bateman, just because I think Lamar's throwing it well. I think that the Ravens have a plan on getting him involved in the offense. I think he's a good type of rangy outside receiver. It might take him a little while to actually get into the swing of things in that offense and to certainly get the type of target volume that we would like, but he's one of several receivers that I would be interested in putting on my, my stash list, and he might be at the top of the list.
3: Okay. Yeah, I guess I, I made the case for Tony is just the injuries. You know, right. if, if they're going to be so beat up, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you saw what Colin Johnson did. You saw what C.J. Board did when the one catch. Um, they got to get Tony going, you know. So I, I would just, you know, bank on those guys being out. And, and Galladay is not 100% either. So, you know, if you're looking at it, the the target potential, I think, would probably favor Tony just looking at the offense he plays in. Because Marquise Brown and, and Mark Andrews and what they've done with Sammy Watkins. Like, I don't know where, where Bateman will fit in right away. You know, just based on how much they're going to throw the ball, how little they throw the ball, and what those other guys have done.
0: Tight ends, Dave. Who are your top three tight ends? Schultz is my favorite tight end. I like that he's got six catches in two of three games. I like that he's playing right around seventy percent of the snaps. We mentioned it earlier. It's a tight end who's got a chance to score a touchdown in a high scoring passing type of offense. So I'm I'm a big fan of his. Conklin would be my second favorite guy. Uh, I feel a little icky that I'm chasing the points after week three, but I know that he's been playing a lot in the offense and I think he'll have some good weeks moving forward. Dawson Knox would be third. And then after that, it's, it's a messy list. I've got Hooper following him and then, uh, Henry tremble, Arnold firemuth. but a lot of tight ends out there. That's, that's the one thing that's nice about the position is that you can make a case for pretty much any of these guys to be worth some attention.
2: Sure. Uh, especially Tommy Tremble, because well, not especially, but the Cowboys might be that team this year. They should have been even worse against tight ends last night. Dallas Goddard was wide open for a huge play, and Jalen Hurts missed them, an easy throw. Earth scored. I mean, they really suck against tight ends so far. So that's uh, that's Carolina versus Dallas. Pretty Pretty big game early in the year for those two teams. Our top DSTs, we already talked about the Titans. I think Dave would have them first or second. Jamie has them fourth at the moment. We like the Bengals. Bengals, Titans,
0: Dolphins. Who else? Uh, Packers. Against the same Steelers team that the Bengals just beat up on. Okay. And they're available in 73% of leagues. Jamie,
2: which kickers?
3: Um, The kickers would be Ah, uh, Randy Bullock against the Jets. Greg Joseph against the Browns. Chase McLaughlin against the Vikings, and Evan McPherson against the Jaguars.
2: And IDP I already mentioned Tay Crowder. I I, I just I don't really have a gauge for how deep people need to go in IDP leagues. So
0: I I mean, in a super deep. Anytime one. there's a linebacker who can get you ten tackles a game, it's worth bringing up.
2: Yeah, I don't know that Crowder can, but Blake Martinez was among you know one of the best tackling linebackers in the NFL, and he's out for the year. I still mention. Uh, Cole Holcomb for Washington. He had 10 tackles this week. And then this guy really needs to be rostered. I didn't look at his snap rate. He's 16% rostered. Uh, but Cole Holcomb, I didn't look at his snap count in week three, but I think in weeks one until two, he played every snap. So that's their guy. Uh, Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle. I picked him up last week because I had been reading a lot of good things about him. The Eagles love him. He had two sacks and a forced fumble last night. He had a huge game. That's probably going to be his best game of the year. But it's really hard to find defensive tackles who can do anything. And Javon Hargrave uh, could be one of them. And he, uh, he's 28% rostered. didn't realize he was that rostered. Yeah. Anyway, this is obviously yeah. not my strong suit, but I'll give you some names to think about anyway. All right. Uh, that we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll recap Dallas and Philadelphia,
1: tell you who to drop, and go a little bit deeper into the waiver wire. We will be right back. Dallas forty-one and Philadelphia
2: twenty-one. Cowboys had the ball for just about thirty-five minutes. The Eagles really did not play well. We we were very disappointed in Eagle Nation last night. I got to tell you, it's two
0: straight weeks.
2: Yeah, I don't think. I mean, the Cowboys are such the obvious front runner in the division now. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Your defense looks great. It really does. Yeah, most turnovers forced in the NFL. Eight turnovers, I believe, in three games. That is insane. They still. They still obviously have, have some tr- some trouble. I mean, they're not a great defense, but they're forcing... Well, I mean, they're doing this
3: without Lawrence. Gregory missed last week. You know, they're moving Micah Parsons around, so they're, you know, figuring out their linebacker core. But it, isn't it funny? You know, we always talk about, and, and and Pete makes this reference all the time, X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's. Um, look at the difference that Dan Quinn and Gus Bradley have made in the places that they're at right now. Quinn with the Cowboys and Bradley with the Raiders. Like, those guys coach. You know, you see, you see where... Where coaching matters and, and and scheme matters and putting guys in the right places, and those two defenses have just dramatically changed from where they were a year ago. Not getting guys healthy clearly has helped, and, and some personnel changes. But give those guys credit for what they've done.
2: Yeah, Dallas might have themselves a, a lockdown cornerback too with Trevon Diggs. That guy's awesome, and he had a lot. He spent a lot of time on uh, Devonte Smith, who had a terrible game. All right, Dave, you take the Eagles, and what do you think? See from the Eagles,
0: not much. Uh, but not he did get good. You did
2: get 24 points from Hurts, which is a miracle.
0: It, it really was. <laughs> when, you, when you go back and you think about all the bad plays that he had and uh, the fact that they were just killed in time of possession in the first half especially, it definitely was messy. I think Hurts is someone that fantasy managers can still start, but you might want to get another quarterback on your bench just in case he goes further south. I think the problems stem beyond him. I think the offensive line issues are going to be real. And I think the the play calling just has been really rough the last couple of weeks. Not to say that Hurts hasn't made some mistakes. You talked about the throw to Goddard that he missed, uh, the interception from Diggs. He stared down Smith, and Smith fell on the play. But he might have been picked off anyway, even if he hadn't fallen down. Uh, it's going to be hard to really trust players in this offense moving forward. There will be some good weeks. I, I would imagine that Miles Sanders will get more work next week. How could he not after only having two carries in week number three? But I'd be a little concerned about him. Definitely have to be concerned about Smith because if Hertz isn't throwing well, Smith isn't going to do great. in the last two weeks have been absolute duds for him. Goddard was their leading receiver with 66 yards. He should have had a better game. And he watched Zach Ertz score a touchdown. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of a tough team to watch right now. And it's hard to feel really good about anybody in Philadelphia.
3: I feel great about Hertz. Uh, you do because he really
2: played. Yeah,
0: because
3: he's a good Jesse. fantasy quarterback. I mean, that's all I care about. I don't care how ugly it is. He's getting the job done. This is now three straight games with what over twenty two.
2: Is that is he really getting the uh, twenty one last week, twenty four this week, and six? Yeah, points I mean that's the South four. Uh, maybe, but oh God, he really played horribly
3: last. Oh, night. he Look played good. like crap, like he said. <laughs> but still, <laughs> uh, that's what running quarterbacks do. You know, they'll they'll, they'll he's going to be throwing late in games because this team's not going to be very good, and he's going to get you his rushing production. So. Uh, the floor is very safe.
2: Okay. And uh, let's go to the Cowboys then. Heath brought this up uh, last week on the Believe It or Not after the the Week 2 recap. He said, believe it or not, Dak Prescott has a Jerry Jones problem and that they were going to run the ball a lot. And Prescott, they had the ball for 35 minutes and he threw 26 times. Obviously, they were were in control of the game. And Mm -hmm. Prescott could have had such a big game. I mean, Zeke and Lamb were both half a yard short of receiving touchdowns. Dak got stopped he really scored or I mean I think he probably scored but they didn't count it on the quarterback sneak. So he could have had an enormous game. But you look at the pass volume and the fact that he has I think 19 rushing yards in 3 games. Is that is this a fantasy issue Jamie for Dak Prescott?
3: Slightly. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're running the ball well. You know, and you saw it last week, you saw it this week, more more mostly. Um you know, uh I I think the uh the narrative has changed a little bit, was he? <laughs> I think um, so. Uh, and he looks good. You know, Zach Martin back. Certainly has changed things. Wait till they get Lyle Collins back, and hopefully everybody's healthy. You know, we haven't seen this offensive line in full strength. Um, this is the best offense maybe in football. You know, just with what they can do in all facets of the game. And getting Michael Gallup back also at some point, too. You know, Cedric Wilson had what looked like a nice catch. He was clearly out of bounds, but um, got the touchdown at the end of the game. Uh, this, you know, and, and they have the luxury of, of the two tight ends. It's things for fantasy that one may not – ever fully separate, I agree with Dave, Dalton Schultz should be added, but, you know, like Darwin's still a problem as we saw in week two. Um, it's, just a, it's just a fun team, but Dak may not reach the heights that we thought because of the run game being maybe as good as it can be.
0: Yeah, and that hurts Lamb and Cooper, obviously, because what we saw in week one was, you know, amazing. Are, are we really going to get double-digit targets from these guys every single week and huge numbers from them every single week? And the last two weeks have proven that there is definitely a downside to these guys. Uh, I would imagine they are both good by low candidates. I, I think it's shocking that Amari Cooper
2: has had fifty yards in his last two games on nine targets without Michael Gallup. I mean, that is just fifty yards combined. That is mm-hmm. yeah crazy. Lamb at least had eighty one yards last week and he had like a, a half a he was a foot away from a touchdown on the opening drive. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's it's, it's kind of wild. Would you guys rather have Dak or Hurts rest of season?
3: I'd still rather have Dak. Still Dak, but it's it's not that far off. Yeah, I'm really interested in the rushing.
2: Yeah, you know, there have been stretches where he doesn't run that much, you know, and then he'll have a game with a lot of rushing guards, but it never it was, it uh, coming off the injury that he came off of.
3: Well, they they uh the Mannings made reference to that. Peyton said he talked to Dak and there was the run where it was a design run to the left and Dak barely got back to the line of scrimmage and and just you know dove. Yeah, and he said, you know, fourth down play, he's he's gonna you know make the effort. But he said he's making a conscious effort to not take those unnecessary hits, which is smart. <laughs> I'd rather him not run and play sixteen or seventeen games than you know run a few times and, and miss a few games.
2: Sure. Uh, also, I don't know. Did you guys hear the Bob Ross play? If you're watching no. the Manning broadcast, you probably didn't hear it. But uh, no.
3: they they ran. You with- actually watched the other broadcast? I did. I. I- you're the one?
2: Yeah, I am. I, I'm still that guy. Well, this is what you get to hear. You get to hear them calling the plays at the line of scrimmage. So Dax in the shotgun, he goes, Bob Ross, Bob Ross. And Greasy's like, Bob Ross likes the paint. I bet this is a draw. And it was a draw <laughs> play to, to Ezekiel Elliott. And it's just he's like, gosh, quarterbacks aren't that smart. And somebody said, yeah, defensive linemen aren't that smart either. Is uh, that
3: better than LeBron calling the uh, the Zeke touchdown? Right, right, right. No, I didn't see that. that. Funny. No, you did not.
2: That was on the Manning the Manning cast?
3: It's so much better than anything else. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: It is, but but from our standpoint, I mean, I just think there are some I think it's from my standpoint at least that there are some things I can see and learn in the broadcast, the real one. I now. think actually that's why no, Peyton no,
3: no, didn't no. did. no.
0: Peyton, Peyton,
3: Peyton said he spoke to McCarthy this week. Um, and he spoke to Dak. So obviously uh, he's trying right. to he's getting there. He's trying to do his homework also. Yeah. But I mean there was uh they were making fun of Peyton you guys making fun of Peyton's armpits. <laughs> I uh, saw some, I flipped a, a,
2: I flipped a little bit. I saw It's good stuff. All right. Uh drop zero to ten. Robbie Anderson.
3: Three. Uh I'm gonna give it one more week, so zero. Rondell Moore. Zero.
2: Two. LaVisca Chenault.
3: One. Uh <laughs> really? Eight. I can't drop well, LaVisca two. Chenault? If it's in non-PPR, it's higher. Call yeah, it a, targets have gone high. down each of the three weeks, and now Dan Arnold's there, which is going to be a problem. They're going to try and force feed Arnold the ball. So, yeah, Chenault, to me, has dropped across the board.
2: Joe Burrow. Uh, Jacksonville this week, Green Bay at Detroit. I mean, it could, could be some favorable stuff here, but not throwing the yeah. ball. He hasn't thrown the ball more than 30 times in any game. Joe Burrow,
3: 0-10. 4. Uh, two.
2: Okay. Will Fuller, 86% rostered. Two. Five. Oh, five, two. All right. I mean, it's hard to imagine Fuller being great in the in the short term. I don't know that you want to drop him long term, though. And how about Corey Davis, 88%
3: rostered?
0: Zero.
2: Four. Okay, you guys disagree. All right.
3: waiver wire. game this week, and he uh, mm-hmm. got 10 targets in two or three games. So,
2: Yeah, someone dropped him in a league I'm in. I picked him up. Corey Davis. I don't think I'm going to drop him. I, that's a guy. If you, if you have, if you need a running back, and Chuba
0: Hubbard's there, though, sure, yeah, have to of make course, that goes without saying. Everybody you named, you could drop for Chuba Hubbard if right. you're the worst player on your bench.
2: I think if you're two and one or three and zero, oh, I don't know that you're dropping Will Fuller for Chuba Hubbard. You might end up regretting that.
0: Oh, you can't. I
3: mean, there, there's receivers who are replace, who, who you know, replaceable for Fuller, but um, you drop anybody that's not starting for you or has no chance of starting for you that you're speculating on for Chuba Hubbard. That goes. That's that's an easy one.
0: You can drop Fuller. You can pick up Chuba Hubbard. You can flip Chuba Hubbard, and no one's going to take Will Fuller off the waiver wire. No, can I can would take Will Fuller off the waiver back. wire in a yeah, second.
3: Yeah, Fuller will be added, but he's not going to be added like Hubbard's going to be added. So you would drop Will Fuller for Chuba Hubbard? Yes. No, I yeah, said so if I, you're
2: if you're 2-1 and one or 3-0. and oh, not yes,
3: yes, 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 yes. Because what if, again, McCaffrey's injury lingers? You, you'd be kicking yourself for not picking up.
2: Probably, although I just, I think we all have to wonder how good Hubbard's going to be in this opportunity.
3: Oh, of course, there's there's questions. It's you not, Mad- not Alexander Madison. You know, it's the a, problem, look, Madison. look, Will Fuller's got a world of potential and, and can still be good even with Jacoby Brissett. I'm not going to judge him based on last week after, you know, shaking the rust off or not practicing in the preseason and then playing, you know, his first game of the year. But, you know, the potential of what the starting running back could be for two weeks versus what Will Fuller could be over, you know, the next 14 games that, that's not close.
2: All right. Let's talk about the waiver wire. And I think every week with quarterbacks, it's just a lot of fantasy managers have their starting quarterback, you know, and it's hard. To, who are you benching for Sam Darnold, Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, um, Jacoby Brissett, you know,
3: it's funny because like we, we talk about the running backs and receivers of the, you know, the 70% range. Those guys like we speak to 10 team leagues. With the quarterbacks, we're speaking to, to 14 to 16 team weeks. Right, right. Until we get to the bye weeks.
2: Yeah. So, uh, Darnold, do you think he gets to 20 points at Dallas? Yeah. He got a shot. Sure. Back to back 300 yard games for the first time in his career and only a 2.8% touchdown rate. It's not a guy who throws a lot of touchdowns, but that is very, very low. So, maybe there's something there at Dallas and then Philadelphia and then Minnesota. I mean, he's got an opportunity in the next three weeks. Taylor Heineke at Atlanta and Matt Ryan against Washington. These two teams have given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, bananas. Uh, I'll save it. I'll save it for, for
0: Friday. You know, there's one other quarterback that if you're just, if you're 3 and 0 and you're just trying to load up for the long term, it's Trey Lance, available in 55% of leagues. I, I don't think his time is imminent, but it's going to come eventually this year where he'll get in there and play. And you, you see that Jalen Hurts can have a bad game and still get you a good fantasy production. Trey Lance can do the exact same thing. Let's
2: go to the running backs. So the shallow league guys, James Conner, Alexander Madison, they were 80, 82% rostered. Naeem Hines, 74%. Zach Moss, 70%. Cordarrell Patterson, 67%. Just, just quick numbers here on James Conner. He's basically got the Kenyon Drake role, except... Drake averaged 16 carries per game. Connor's averaging 11.7. Drake had 1.7 catches per game. Connor has one catch in three games, so that's why it's not it's not exactly the same type of value. No,
3: but if Edmonds gets hurt, then Connor is a must start across the board.
1: Mhm.
2: Yeah, but we don't. Yeah, and obviously he can always score you some touchdowns. Um. Would you drop J.D. McKissick? 74% rostered.
3: Uh, I wouldn't in PPR, but in non PPR, yes. I mean, you know, he's good. This is Naeem Hines and JD McKissick are the same. You know, they're the Spider Man meme. They're, they're going to have one good week, one bad week, two good weeks, three bad weeks. That's just the nature of that position and what they do.
0: It was frustrating, though, because Washington was trailing behind badly against Buffalo, and McKissick didn't have a good game. Didn't have a ton of targets either.
2: Yeah, I know. It's weird. Chargers' run defense, by the way, looks like it's pretty bad so far. So Peyton Barber. Yeah at 7% rostered coming off a 100-yard game, it, you know, it, he may not, obviously, like, Jacobs could be back, but should we be taking the gamble on Peyton Barber on waivers and thinking, like, let's say Jacobs is out. Is he a top 24 running back?
3: Uh, No, but top 30. You know, I I think you look at, like you said, uh, the run defense is bad. He's clearly earned the trust of the Raiders coaching staff. And it's, it's like you said, you know, James Conner has been plugged into the Kenyon Drake role. Payne Barber's been plugged into Josh Jacobs' role. They haven't changed Kenyon Drake's role too much. So, you know, he's going to get the, the the rushing down chances. And so, um, are they playing with a lead? I don't expect that, but they've been so good so far. So, it's hard to say that they're, they're necessarily going to be trailing by a lot. Um, so, yeah, Barber will be a flex play. Uh, and the other thing, look, if you're in a deeper league, Josh Jacobs has an injury track record and might be dealing with turf toe that he's managing, you know. So, it may not be bad just to stash Barber for for however long you can, Um you know, but you also just don't want to think that the game against Miami is who he is because we've seen a bigger bigger sample size of what he really is,
0: you know, or, dropping in for
3: Justin Jefferson.
0: Or you look at the Miami game and see what he did in the first three and a half quarters and say, that's who he is. Yeah. Because it wasn't until, you know, the Dolphins were gassed at the end of the game that he started picking up chunks of yardage.
2: Uh, if, real quick, if you were going to pick up one Patriots running back off waivers,
0: it would be whom? Taylor. I think I'll say... Uh, It's Taylor, but I'm non-committal to all three.
2: Okay. Kenny Gainwell, 59% rostered. Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown started and scored a touchdown. It was a long touchdown, you
0: know, uh, but might play more. He goal-line opportunities, too, and failed at them. He did.
3: He He actually has uh, four carries inside the 20, three inside the 10, two inside the five of his, uh, whatever it is, 14 carries on the season.
2: We broke it down on Monday's show. He appears to be the better pass protector and gaining perhaps more playing time.
3: Okay. Yeah, deeper leagues, deeper non PPR leagues. He's not a bad guy to just have around just in case.
2: That's Malcolm Brown. Let's go to the wide receivers here. You can look for Pittman, Ruggs, Christian Kirk. I mean, Christian Kirk's having a really good year. Yeah. And, and um, they're rostered in a lot of leagues, but 10 team leagues, you might find them. Meanwhile, Tim Patrick, we've already talked about him and does it bother you that Tim Patrick's next two games are Baltimore and Pittsburgh?
3: No. Um, no, you don't know, have to start Tim Patrick. I don't I don't know if there's a starting wide receiver out there. You know, I mean, the Bills guys in PPR, sure, you can make a case for it against the Texans, but I don't think week to week right now there's, there's starters. You know, look, we're, we're getting closer to bye weeks. We're getting some injuries that are creeping up. You know, now the A.J. Brown manager is looking for somebody. The Juju Schuster manager is, is, is searching for somebody. You know, Patrick, we said when Judy went down, has a chance to be productive and he has been, he just hasn't gotten a lot of targets doing so. But now you have Hamler and Judy out, and we don't know when Judy's is exactly coming back. So his role is solidified.
2: How come Jacoby Myers isn't higher on your list uh after just just the correlation between the white injury and then the the 14 targets? And they're playing Tampa Bay, who gives up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh you know, do you consider him 59% rostered? Do you consider him to be under under rostered?
3: I think you, I mean, I'll go back to what I said last week, you know, PPR leagues, he should have been a hold non PPR leagues. You can drop him. So when we're talking to whatever audience is still looking at Jacoby Myers, I'm going to guess it's more PPR, excuse me, more non PPR as opposed to PPR, you know, because you've seen what the sample size of his career has been, you know, it's been no touchdowns. And so when they're chasing points and the game script is in his favor in that regard, which is probably going to be the case in week four, then he's going to have a chance for these type of games. But in games where they're playing, you know, with a lead, and and the um, the the Bucks game certainly, you know, fits that game script where they're playing from behind, he should have a chance. White's injury gives him a chance, but it could be one of the running backs, you know. So uh, we've seen Kendrick Bourne have a good game. We've seen Nelson Aguilar have a good game. You know, those guys are still involved, and and like they've said, you know, we could see Hunter Henry uh, getting a bigger opportunity while John Smith still having whatever role he has. So there's just a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Myers is the best in terms of what the targets will be, but non-PPR, it's hard to trust him.
2: Yeah, well, their next five games, Patriots' next five games, are against either teams that should score a lot of points or teams that should give up a lot of points. Tampa Bay, Houston, Dallas, Jets, Chargers. Uh, we got the Raiders guys. Renfro or Jacoby Myers, who would you pick up? Myers. Uh, hey Myers is uh, high
0: for me. Like uh, Tim Patrick, I think, is good in any format to go and pick up. Beasley, if he's still out there, is second for me in PPR. And Myers is right behind him. So I I don't think we're necessarily poo-pooing him where, where I get into trouble is in non PPR leagues weighing like AJ green, who's been pretty efficient on the limited amount of targets that he's gotten compared to these other PPR receivers like Beasley and Jacoby Myers. And I might consider taking green ahead of Myers as an example in those non PPR formats.
3: And Adam, I guess uh, just, just to ask, ask the question. Um, in relation to your tight end comment, why wouldn't you not do the same with receivers? Like, look for guys in good offenses as opposed to guys in bad offenses. And, and I'm not saying you're wrong in approaching it either way if you say, you know, Myers in his role in a bad offense is better than Green in his role in good offense. I'm just curious.
2: Oh, I, I mean, I totally buy that. I think that's why you you take a Bills-wide receiver over, um, over Myers because they just throw so much. The Raiders actually have the second most pass attempts in the NFL, but that's not typically their MO. And they've also played two overtime games in three weeks. Uh, I, because I think that I think that Waller is obviously the number one target. I, I, I think you're talking about the target leader for the Patriots compared to Renfro. Maybe he's, maybe he's two. I would take Renfro probably over Myers. Uh, but eh, no, I'd take Myers. No, you wouldn't. I'd take yeah. Myers, yeah. But it's, it's a good question. I I think with tight end, it's a little bit different, just because th- it's such a bad position that That's you're hoping for a so touchdown,
3: cool. that that you're 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 fishing for touchdowns, whereas okay. But I guess so. To Dave's point about Green and non PPR versus one of these other guys, um, Green has scored now in two games, yeah. whereas Myers hasn't scored in four years.
2: I, I I think it's a great I think it's a great debate. I think I. I they probably would take AJ Green. I think he has a much better chance to score. But the, then again, this White injury could really boost Jacoby Myers. That we're not just we're just not aware of it yet. Uh, and this particular week, where Brady's going to throw seven touchdowns, right? I mean, Gronk's going to catch six of them, <laughs> right? Like, I just think this could be a good week uh, for the for Myers in the PPR sense. But uh, all right, all yeah, other guys, I think this is the Ronald Jones week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would that be something? Uh, Marquez Callaway, fifty-one uh, percent rostered. Finally,
3: Cameron
0: Murray two
2: touchdowns. Did something. Is there a Tennessee? Is there a Tennessee uh, wide receiver that you're interested in?
3: I mean, Westbrook played a lot and had targets and scored. You know, um, can you just cut off his name at Westbrook? Yeah, um, Nick Westbrook. Uh, but yeah, um, he's he's I guess worth a look. Zacchaeus is worth worth a look uh, with Russell Gage out and again facing yeah. Washington. You know, and then you have just flyers. I guess the rest of the way.
2: Yeah, we, uh, if you're in a super deep league, you know Colin Johnson for the Giants, Khalif Raymond for the Lions. Um, I don't know, maybe Marquez Valdez Scantling. I think is interesting.
0: Just, he got hurt. He got hurt. What about Anthony Miller? Yeah, you could look at Miller too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah the they, they need somebody. Picture. They need somebody else in that offense to pick up some work. So it's not all on Brandon Cooks.
2: Yeah, Dave. You know, I don't I know, know if this I, is a game for it, though.
0: a talented receiver.
2: Is MVS is seriously hurt? I don't know if he's going to play this week. Look, you should take a look. He's 18% rostered. He might be second on the team. Well, maybe Jones. I don't know. Uh, at the do end of the year. Second or third uh, on the team in
0: targets. Sorry to step on you there. Uh, do we need to address James Washington? Sure. Oh, yeah. It's a great point. Right. Juju hurt.
2: Deontay. Don't know about him.
0: Right. So he could end up being the number two receiver in the Steelers' offense. No, number three. Number three. Who's Najee number one? Najee. <laughs> ah, okay. That's yeah. Um, as as flyers go in, in deeper leagues, as for everybody in the 14- and 16-team leagues, um, I, I guess he's worth a look. He's going to be way behind a lot of the other players that we've mentioned, but he's got a chance. He's got speed. Uh, Roethlisberger will take some deep shots when he's not on his back and Washington is someone that could end up having maybe, let's say that Johnson and Juju are out for two more weeks. One of those two weeks, Washington should end up having a decent game.
2: All right, so just give me a couple of names here. Khalif Raymond, Olamide Zacchaeus Nick Westbrook, Colin Johnson, Khalif Raymond, James
0: Washington. Who would be your favorites? Anthony Miller.
3: Okay, fair. Uh, I'll take Colin Johnson right now with the injuries.
0: And I'll give you another one. Terrace Marshall. Maybe moving Dan Arnold is to open up some work for the rookie who hasn't really done much yet, but he's been playing a decent amount, and he's available in 70% of leagues. I would take him ahead of James Washington if I'm in those deeper leagues. Uh, Yeah, I hope it'd be Robbie Anderson, not (laughs) (laughs) Terrace Marshall. Let's get him going. All
2: right, let's go to the tight ends and finish the show here, guys. Uh, You can see if Tyler Higby, who I don't know if you're going to be a little nervous about this week at the Patriots. They're so good against tight ends. Uh, and that goes back to last year. Jared Cook, Mike Gesicki. See if they're available. If not, Tyler Conklin, Dalton Schultz. I think Dave likes Schultz better than Conklin. Is he the
0: Patriots? Yeah, you said Higby's not playing the Patriots. Yeah. Oh God, I'm sorry. I get the wrong schedule. There. It's early. We're 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 uh, all.
2: They play it the today. Bucks are playing the Patriots and the Rams played the Bucks last week and I got the wrong. Yeah, and, schedule and the Rams right, have the
0: bad. Cardinals this week. Should be a high score. But who do the Bills play? <laughs> 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 you should
2: know. Yeah, you got the you got the uh, calendar magnet on your fridge. Um, Conklin, Schultz, Dawson, Knox, Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermuth, Dan Arnold. I mean, it really is an opportunity for Evan Ingram here. Uh, but Ugh. it was last week too. And yeah,
0: you know what? The next time I recommend Evan Ingram as a start, I need somebody to grab a kendo stick and smash me in the back with it.
2: I don't know what that is. Probably a wrestling thing. Yes. Yeah. I. My pleasure and uh, fryer muth do you think Fryermuth could be on the verge of something here he's got he's got 9 Either targets i would look
3: at more than james washington i mean ben can't throw the ball down the field
0: no he's not allowed ben's been using him in the red zone he's been playing more than eric ebron i believe he has more targets than eric ebron uh he's someone who could develop into a worthy candidate as a touchdown or bust tight end
2: oh my gosh are the patriots going to shut down gronk this week
3: <laughs> They're gonna try. They, you know, they did really well
2: against like Kelsey, Kittle, Wall. They played the four best tight ends in fantasy last year, and they did pretty well against the. I don't know about all of them. I don't remember the stats off the top of my head, but you just Brady, Brady and Gronk back in Foxboro. You just figure should be should be big. Tommy Tremble's yeah, got the. Gronk got like you know,
3: all of his ribs are broken, but he's not missing this game.
2: No, he's not. He's not gonna watch any film, but he's not missing the game. DSTs Bengals, Dolphins, Bears, Titans. They mentioned
3: that on the many cast by the way too. Did they? About how he lied to them.
2: <laughs> and uh, kickers Randy Bullock, Greg Joseph, Chase McLaughlin, Evan McPherson. All right, see if you know which teams those players are on. We'll talk to you tomorrow <laughs> with some buys and sells on Fantasy Football today. It's week four, right? So that means it's time we're going to do a game show on tomorrow's show. I got to figure that out. Probably maybe we'll do some fantasy. Training.
3: I'm going to go dump through a table. Excuse
2: me. All right, later, everybody. Uh, have a good one. See you tonight, 8 p.m.
1: Eastern.